0: On this episode of the Heat Check, another one bites the dust. The Hawks join the nets on the sidelines after Trey gets clamped and fizzles once again. Quick little aside off the aside, Adidas, his shoe company that he's sponsored by, put that one Trey Young floater up and was like, Trey's a bucket. And it's like, where were all those other buckets for four games? One. Trey is a one bucket. You're right. He is a, a bucket. Anyway, the Memphis Grizzlies scratch and claw their way back against the Wolves. This series just might go seven. And some other news from the playoffs, plus a little tea. Draymond Green goes after Bill Simmons and says, who the fuck does this guy think he is? You know I love the tea, Brock, so go ahead and drop that motherfucking beat. Because I'm bit Of news, quick bit of breaking news, breaking news, breaking, breaking news. Devin Booker, that's all I need to say, folks. According to 98.7, the Suns broadcast, but the guys in Jersey don't know how that works. Assuming nothing changes, we are getting Devin Booker back for game six in NOLA. Quick side off the side, they call. The Smoothie King Center, the blender, and I cannot express to you how fucking dope that is. <laughs> like, what? It was never the blender. It was like, at one point until this postseason, the Smoothie King Center was more like the bros blender. Blender. That, like, was in the corner of his kitchen and never got plugged in. And it's just there for appearances. Like, it was that kind of blender. Now this is, like, the Vitamix turned on, full blades. Don't want to put your finger inside there. You'll get chewed the fuck up. So now that is the Smoothie King. I love that. Another side, Jose Alvarado, the guy I love. and I talked about him on Monday. His nickname, didn't know this, is Grand Theft Alvarado. Sir, sir, like just let that set in, Grand Theft Alvarado, Jesus, anyway, let's move on to the real news, since we last talked, two of the most disappointing teams this year, the Nets and the Hawks have gone, what I like to call, why is it so hot in here, it's turned on, hold on, I gotta turn, I gotta do this. Eric, since we last talked, two of the most disappointing teams this year, the Nets and the Hawks have gone night-night sleep mask. And tonight, we will say 1-2-3 Cancun to the Chicago Bulls and possibly uh, the Denver Nuggets as well. Both of those teams derailed significantly due to injuries, but we don't care. Bye-bye. Fitting that the Bulls go down to the Bucks without Caruso and Levine, who has now been in COVID protocol for the 15th time. Not a scientist, don't know how it's possible, but it is true. Postseason run, bye-bye to COVID. Or maybe he's just on a plane to Cancun, we don't even know about it. Before we get into the next offseason and what comes next and some of the developing chatter around Ben Simmons, we must talk about last night's game, which was probably the best game of the playoffs so far, Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves continuing to collapse late. Timberwolves continuing to choke on their own meats, continuing to talk and talk and talk when they're up big and then getting smacked down and going home with a big L on their forehead. Jesus Christ. Ja Morant, last second bucket. And they asked him, Ja, what were you thinking on that last play? And he goes, get a bucket, Ja. <laughs> Get a bucket, Jaw. He came into the game hobbled. He looked bad. He missed the first million shots, and I do mean there were a million of them. At one point, he had more turnovers than than points. Wait, no, that was Trey Young. Excuse me, different game. All night, Jaw was bothered, not himself. Uh, I think he missed the first six or seven shots, like I said, missing open jumpers, um, just generally not being Jaw. And then, then you get Pat Bev saying too small to Jaw. With a whopping nine points, Pat Bev, saying too small. You have Carl Anthony Towns trying to pull the Trey Young going, shh, shut your ass up, Carl Anthony Towns. And then when the Grizzlies needed their superstar, no matter if he has a hip issue or a knee issue or whatever it is that he's dealing with, which there is a few things I'm sure that is ailing Jaw. Ja, when you go up as often as he does, you're bound to take contact everywhere on your body. And Ja is a little guy, so he showed up. He hit a huge three to put him up one. He bammed on, I I don't even know who's, he died, the guy that he dunked on, he's dead. So, and then the winning finger roll, which looked like it could be a jumper, and then somehow he maneuvered forward in the air, defying gravity finger roll with time running out. Amazing. It even amazed Eric Spoelstra. They told him, hey, by the way, you were watching the Timberwolves game. At the end of the game, they're like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Yeah," and he's going on for his post game presser to just say bye bye to Trey Young and, and the Hawks, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." John uh, hit that layup with five seconds to go. Um, they won that game, and he's like, "What? How come the TV's not on in here?" Uh, yeah. Another quick tidbit that changed thing was changed things was that Jaron Jackson continues to be unusable. He fouled out, uh, and when he fouled out. Taylor Jenkins did the inexplicable. He put in a point guard for his power forward. So it was Tyus Jones and John Morant mixed with Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, and Brandon Clark, which they're calling the, the teensy teensy lineup, and AKA the alive lineup, the, the opposite of the death lineup or the smaller death lineup. I don't know. And you gotta give props to Brandon Clark, he had 15 boards. Uh, he had a monster fourth quarter, 21 points, 15 boards, but also a new term. I don't know that there's a term for this, so I've made it up. We know what the hockey assist is in basketball. So it's like pass, and then that person passes for the assist. He had a hockey rebound, many hockey rebounds, where he's literally, he tips the ball purposefully to jaw for them to get the rebound, purposely to Dez to get the rebound. He did that like six or seven times in the fourth quarter. So I'm calling that. The, the hockey rebound, uh, Brandon Clark was just tremendous. I think he's going to continue to come up big in this series for them to win. So just to recap for folks who want an encapsulation of how the Wolves lost, Wolves outshot the Grizzlies from the arc, but they had 11 fewer shots, got out-rebounded 53-42, they gave up 18 offensive boards, sent Memphis to the line 39 times to their own 24, and committed 23 turnovers. They shit-talked the entire way through that. That is how that went down. If the Wolves end up losing the series, they've got to be sick. They should have sent the the Grizzlies home last night based on them being up 25 points in Game 3 and taking the L. Things you just hate to see. Just, we in Minnesota now! Now we go back to Minnesota and maybe they'll just stay in Minnesota. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy well 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 the brooms came out people thought it wouldn't happen and here we are it's like I don't even know really how to describe it it's like you no one anticipates something and then it happens and you just kind of look around and you're like well that was underwhelming I uh I thought this would come with more fanfare and And it didn't. I tell you what, Nets all headed to Cancun. So many pieces coming out about the Nets. Uh, One particularly had my attention. Uh, One was inside the Ben Simmons drama of him opting out to play game four due to new back soreness. Sham Sharanya is now reporting that there are, in addition to physical hurdles uh, ailing Mr. Simmons, there are now – mental hurdles that he is uh, contending with that are now triggering his back soreness they are in the process they are in the process of they they are in the process of developing a plan for him to mentally and physically become ready to play all of these issues these mental issues that are triggering his back my neck my back My neck and my back, uh, these all stem back to his last game, Game 7 against the Atlanta Hawks, the game where he passed up a layup open, and afterwards, Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers threw him under the bus, buried him um, through the shovel and the dirt on his grave on national television. So, clutch with a K, also now trending on Twitter. Clutch is Ben Simmons' agency, the same one that LeBron James' best friend owns, um, just to keep you up to speed so let's go through this one quote. I wanted to just dissect a little bit. Apparently, these events. Ben Simmons telling the world he felt it was reasonable to assume, he told this to us on national television, reasonable for us to assume that he would be back in the fourth game of the playoffs. Um, and then he decided, he woke up, no, I'm feeling a little tight. Didn't even put his uniform on to just see, maybe I'll be ready, who knows? Maybe it'll warm, maybe I'll put a little icy hot on it, we'll see. No, apparently those events, quote, triggered frustration and disheartenment throughout the organization. You don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Really quick to recap. This thing? Nets, good spot. Trade for James Harden sent four draft pick, picks and multiple very usable assets out the door. Left with the cupboard empty, but a James Harden that seemed engaged. Then James Harden became less engaged, uh, decided to force his way out of another place. And then they got another, I guess you could call Ben Simmons a potential asset back. In return, you get two new, uh, soon-to-be first-rounders back. But you're just wondering, how did we fucking get here? Like, how are we in the Ben Simmons business at this point? Like why you knew folks you knew in hindsight probably the net should have just said fuck you to to daryl morey like we'll let we'll let harden walk we'll just see and if he walks and goes to you you're gonna have to trade everyone uh like tobias harris and seth curry and all the things maybe maxi um so just fucking deal with it then And we'll force James Harden to play with us in the postseason. We'll see. Maybe he'll get invigorated when Kyrie Irving gets allowed to play full time, um, which he ended up playing. Speaking of Ky, the media asked him some questions uh, about his status after he was swept. He took a little accountability. said, you know, I I was a part of us not gelling. I mean, you were the only part of you not gelling. But they want to know what he didn't do with your contract. In the middle of him promising his devotion to KD in Brooklyn, he said something that, uh, you know when you just have a conversation with someone and they say something that you're like, oh, oh, that's fucking crazy. That, that's a big red flag. Here it is. When I say I'm here with Kev, I think that that really, I think that it really entails us managing this franchise together alongside owner Josiah and GM, Sean Marks, and our family members that we have in the locker room and in our organization. Kyrie, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't even play in the games, bruh. You're you're our asset. Like, you're not the decision maker here. Maybe Kev is, and maybe you're Kev's ride or die, but you are not who we are listening to. You're burning sage. Inside of arenas. We don't trust you. You said the world was flat. You're not building a roster. Also, <laughs> also, are you even on our roster? Like, mostly, you're not even here. Also, guess who he forgot to mention? Didn't hear any mention of Steve Nash in that comment. Still, the Kyrie Irving, Steve Nash. I don't know if it's Cold War. I don't know if it's a... oh like a, a warm frenemy situation, but I'll just say this. I don't know how much they respect one another in terms of, you know, Steve Nash's ability to have power on this team. This is – and if you think Kyrie should be in charge of roster building and Kevin Durant should be in charge of roster building, let's just face it. The roster has only gotten worse every single year. Since Katie and Kyrie got there. I, I know that sounds crazy because you have Katie and Kyrie on the team. And for me to say, oh, this team was better before they got there, it was. The, how do I know it? Because the people in Brooklyn loved this team. The people showed up for this team. The buzz in the city was there. Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Ice in the Veins, TLC, All Good Pieces, Six Seed. What were the Nets again? Didn't they have to play the play-in twice? <laughs> hmm. Rough. I don't know what they decide to do moving forward. I know that they're in cap hell. You've got Joe Harris uh, to deal with. You've got, like, nine players that are going into free agency. I don't know how you pay them. What do you do? Do you just say tell, you just tell Joe Cy we're just going to go deep, deep, deep into the luxury tax uh, to, uh, what, like, be a six seed and get bounced in the first round and, like, maybe get swept again? No. Going to be very interesting to see what happens this offseason more to come. On to the Celtics, the team that beat the Nets. They play the Bucs next. Bucs will not have Chris Middleton. The early lines are out. The Celtics are minus 200 favorites to beat uh, the Bucs in that series. I think the Celtics are really good, man. But to be that favored against the – hold on. The defending champs? With Giannis onto Takumpo, if you think that you can clamp Giannis like you can clamp KD, like you can build a little shell of a barrier around Kevin Durant he'll pass out. Like, Giannis will just drive right through you. Like, he is is a truck, and I don't know what you think you're going to do. So prisoner of the moment for that. Can't wait to see that series go down there. Uh, Really quickly want to break down the last game between the Miami Heat and the Hawks. Without Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, not a series that was very memorable. <laughs> I like everybody was kind of waiting for it to just be done. The one thing I would say that was positive that came out of it was I would say DeAndre Hunter's thirty-five point performance last night, especially when I had uh, taken his over fifteen and a half points. Didn't feel like much of a sweat. Uh, he was also, by the way, hurt the entire season. Three separate injuries, one of which of those injuries was a uh, a back issue. So word, word to those out there with back issues keeping them on the bench. Probably the best performance in his career. Um, I saw way more offensive tools in his bag than we thought. Unfortunately, though, for Trey Young, the Athletic said it broke his spirit. That felt like... To me, sus journalism, I don't know how you can define that. Like, there's no way to... I, I sat back in my couch and I was like, how can you say that? Can you say that? Like, how can you determine? Is there something that clicks when you look into someone's eyes and you're like, yep, their soul got snatched. Their spirit is broken. He did hit off the side of the backboard like a Paul George moment. I feel like that could be the moment where we all collectively say this person's broken. Person's broken Russell West. First of all, Russell Westbrook. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm with you. Athletic. It first started with Paul George. Then it came out later. He was literally in the fetal position on the side of his bed in the hotel room in the bubble. Sh- shout out to Paul George. Do not want to diminish any mental health issues, but we did these are facts. Secondarily, Russell Westbrook comes to LA. I mean, there's a montage of off the side of the backboard. We can all say dejected is probably a word one could use about his experience there emotionally. Trey Young, one shot though, off the side of the backboard, clamped. I think he had, what'd they say, 22 baskets in five games. Trey Young, again, 22 baskets in five games, combined, 32 turnovers. Ten more turnovers than baskets. One shot off the side of the backboard. People are wondering whether Trey's reputation took a hit. Somebody says what they don't know needs to be an investigation on whether he's a dog and that card needs to be taken away. The article was about as damning as you can find uh, on The Athletic. Not related to the Lakers, obviously. That those are the most damning. Uh, Trey, apparently, in this article, they say was so checked out in Game Five that he didn't even participate. So there was a last minute hurdle, last minute huddle, five point six seconds left on the clock. Hawks are down three, so they need a three to tie, save their fucking season. They're calling a play for Trey Young apparently. Trey Young not involved in said huddle. He's being obstructed by I want to say Danilo Gallinari and some other random. Maybe Akangul, I forget. Anyway, he's not involved in the in the huddle even aware of what's being drawn up on the little whiteboard. Then the play, you got to go and google it and see. It was a shit show. To not get it shot off, bizarre. For Trae Young not to even go for the ball whatsoever, another is-a-spirit-broken moment, I guess. Um, I mean, the play is just wild. Not even, because Danilo Gallinari ended up getting the ball there, like trapped in the corner, in the like corner of hell where he was being just collapsed on by heat. Like not even Danilo Gallinari's father runs that play. For Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> like, no shot. And I don't know who it was for. Trey Young was 0 for 5 from the three point line that night. So, presumably, Nate McMillan, when he says he was running it for Trey Young, might have been not telling the truth. Just unreal. Had to just kind of highlight that really fast because it was over a long time before they clawed back. Many people didn't watch that game, but it was it's worth noting. Uh, article also highlights what an awful year Trey has had, um, just optically. He told folks in the beginning of the year that uh, the regular season was boring. Uh, and then he had to issue a statement. <laughs> Like he's the the WeWork chick. Like, hey, we're gonna need you. Uh, that was that was seen as anti-competitive. A lot of people in the Atlanta area might not want to show up to games if you're bored. Uh, could you could you say you didn't mean that? Now people are questioning Trey. People are questioning the entire franchise. Mind you, this is the team that was like seconds away from going to the finals last year. If Trey Young doesn't sprain his ankle on a referee. Like, who knows what ends up happening? I mean, Giannis was out multiple games with a hyperextended knee. Like, this is how the cookie crumbles, folks. Like, now you've got questions about John Collins, whether he wants to be here. He was hurt most of the year. That didn't help. Rumors of him being unhappy all year and the year prior don't help. Cam Reddish was a fucking disaster. He asked for a trade and then never got one until the deadline and Nate McMillan's still playing him because he thinks there's like that helps the chemistry even though they're losing games with Cam Reddish in the lineup. Oh my god. And folks, we are now getting we are now getting what is called the scapegoat, which is Nate McMillan is now being blamed. Yes he is. Yes he is. Um Sports Illustrated reported the Hawks were walking around like Jordan at NBA Media Day in late September, then came out so flat Capella admitted that they were apathetic, and they say that falls on Nate. After losing 6 of 7 to start the new year, GM Travis Schlenk went ballistic and said there is no sense of urgency on this team to make a stop. There's no sense of accountability. I mean, you see, when there's words, let me just, Peek behind the curtain for folks who don't understand media speak. When you hear words from a GM like leadership, accountability, lack of urgency, these are words directed, I swear to God, directed for words for the coach. Listen here, motherfucker, you better straighten up or you're out. Like that is a PR move. Travis, like genius guy, by the way. He says, it's just not there. It doesn't bother them. I hope it's a switch that we can flip, but I don't know at this point. Earlier in the season, Travis Schlenk, a little side wrote, said, I thought we should bring back all the players on the roster uh, to make a, a run like we did last year. That was probably the wrong move. <laughs> yeah. Travis, uh... Must be an oracle because that was exactly how they looked in the Heat series. Just no urgency, can't make a stop, no defensive presence. Trey Young, Ice Trey turns into ice cold. And and in some ways, the Hawks probably the most disappointing team of the season this year. A lot of high, high expectations. A lot of low, low. I mean, and that's with the Nets. Like, we're talking about coming up just talked about the Nets getting swept by the Boston Celtics. So, you have to go lower than that. And that's the Hawks. That's th- th- Chaos. Just absolute chaos. Remember, I said in the preseason, Hawks could be a top-four team in the East. Boy, boy, was I wrong. That's probably the the coldest take of the season. Will Nate be back? I hope so. I hope so. He was just extended, multi-year extension. This is why you don't extend these interim head coaches until you know. Because when they come back, when they come and they take over in the middle of chaos, and they overperform, Very different situation than starting from scratch. Because players are ignited in the middle of a season. It's a change. You can't change coaches mid through the season every single year. But there is uh, like a jump, a little like jolt. Spark is the right word. Spark is the right word. And that spark did not continue to persist throughout this season. When Trey Young's calling the regular season boring, I would say no spark. Um, Somebody called Nate McMillan. They said Nate McMillan's unimaginative... This is an unnamed source, obviously. And when things aren't going to plan, it's hard for him to make an adjustment. Could you imagine if Trey Young said that to some reporters? <laughs> He's like, this motherfucker has no ability to get me opened. I am in prison. He was called the general. In Portland, he was pretty bad. He's gotten better. He got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, now, I must, my, I must remind you that the Philadelphia six, Sixers did sixer. You know, they did Doc Rivers themselves out of the playoffs. Um, and they might just fuck around to do it again. Wouldn't that be something? But uh, if the Hawks struggle anymore moving forward, if they don't come out with the, what's that called? The little uh, stick with the flare. If they don't come out like there's a flare stick in their asshole, like Nate McMillan might be fired, like fast. And that's not because he deserves it. That's because that's how this business works so he better take them to Hawaii or Cancun go on a little team building trip like Jerry Busted to Palm Springs get them whatever they need to get themselves focused and back on track because the NBA business is cold back down ever and I love it about him I even got in my own little Verbal quarrel with him on national TV. My man Draymond Green does not back down. He is tremendous. We've got some developing I don't wanna call it beef. I think I think Draymond himself would say, I don't wanna call it beef because I didn't touch him and he didn't touch me. Um, but there's something. There's a there's some friction, there's some energy, there's some Something, some negative feelings between Draymond Green and Bill Simmons because Bill Simmons is out there just sullying people's names with a vote, with an all rookie vote, which affects contracts, etc. So let's get into it. He said Jalen Green, Houston Rockets rookie, who was actually top three rookie of the top five rookie of the year standings, said he didn't deserve a spot on his all rookie team. He says I put Herb Jones, first-team all-rookie. I put him over Jalen Green. Fuck Jalen Green. Uh, I don't care if you're scoring 40 points and your team's 19 and 60. Congratulations. Sorry, I like winning players. Draymond, to say he took offense would be slight understatement. <laughs> Draymond Green posted to IG Simmons' clip, that exact audio, with the following comment. How is it this guy has a voice in deciding if Jalen Green will qualify for a Supermax deal? Because when you vote for all rookie team, you also vote for all NBA. And if you are you have certain benchmarks as an NBA player that get you to be qualified for a Supermax, if Bill Simmons can vote for that award, he can vote for that same other award, all NBA. And he says, cl- he clearly says, F him, fuck Jalen Green, which sounds very personal, by the way. But he has a say in what someone earns? What work has Bill Simmons done in this life that qualifies him to have a say in an NBA player's salary? Whoa. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a bad week for Bill Simmons because anytime you say, fuck that and I have said, fuck that player, just never the, in that way. <laughs> like, you can't do it in regards to, like, giving out awards. They have to do something like, force them force themselves out of a team or you know not play in a playoff game due to like some random back soreness or like sister their sister goes after you on Twitter like I don't even know I don't even know if I've directly said fuck them I think it's more like who the fuck do you think you are acting like this Anyway it's going to be bad a lot of people are now questioning whether bill simmons should even be allowed to have a vote that's cancel culture for you or whatever accountability culture um things greatly like i said impact salaries and now others are pointing out that simmons might be creating a narrative about Jalen green that will negatively impact his ability to get paid which is probably true that's fair narratives shape things uh we see people say things about Jokic. he's soft or he's not the real MVP. He's a one-dimensional player and then you look at his box box score and you look at his stats and you're like this guy had 35 against the Warriors. They're triple teaming him. Like the narrative's shape how we all feel about players and then that shapes how what we would call the, the lemmings, the GMs, and the owners. Think about players because they read Bleacher Report or whatever, too. They listen to Bill Simmons. They're probably in those text message chains. And then they're like, I don't know about Jalen Green. He's a, He a, might be not a winning player. <laughs> and then that's, that's how that happens, folks. Pretty unwarranted personal attack. Jalen Green, here's the thing that people are missing because two rookies, both Jalen. Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. Nobody would ever call. Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. All, like, I think he played multiple sports in high school, obviously played on a national championship caliber team at Gonzaga, game-winning shot. His fucking team he just went to sucks too. And his stats are worse than Jalen Green. So if he's not, a, a, like, a, a losing player, then how do we call Jalen Green a losing player? He wasn't even around when the Rockets imploded in order for them to suck. That's the whole reason he's there is because they sucked before he got there or they wouldn't have that pick in that spot, right? He had zero choice where he ended up and the situation that he was in. He has a first-time head coach coaching him, Steven Silas. I don't know what kind of coach Steven Silas is. All I know is that Jalen Green is a bucket. All I know is how many times he got 30 at the end of the season. From March 1st until the end of the season, he averaged 16, 4, and 3. He continued to get better as the season progressed. He averaged 28, 4, and 2 in the last 10 games of the season, including 30 or more in the last six of the final seven games. He would hit like seven threes in a game. What, I guess, why would you slander a man who did that? Like I said, nobody's calling out Jalen Suggs. No one would allow Bill Simmons to call Jalen Suggs. Not a winning player. But because it's Jalen Green. Not as clean cut. Wears the grill. Big hair. Sort of like wild clothes. Bell bottoms. Has his Jimi Hendrix vibe on. Tattoos on his fingers. Puts up wild shots. Like, the way that people act off the court impacts how we feel about them off the court. And I think that's fucked up. Um... Just things that make you go, why? Why? Simmons passed off his original comments as a joke and said he's leaning towards a rookie like Herb Jones who was meaningfully contributing to a decent team over someone putting up stats on a bag team. I think Herb Jones should make all-rookie. But don't say fuck Jalen Green. You don't You don't have to vote for Jalen Green. You, I'm sure you have your own reasons, and you could have put that a little bit better And you could just highlight what Herb Jones does instead of what Jalen Green does not. I'm glad I don't get a vote. (laughs) I'm glad. All I can think is, like, I'm glad. I never want to vote. Because the level of scrutiny that a vote comes with is agents calling you. Yo, what the fuck? Why didn't you vote Jalen Green on? My guy's not going to get paid now. Tell me why. Why, why, why? It's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'll just sit here in my little studio by myself and just just chirp from the rafters like I don't know I don't know what you would have Jalen Green do to get this team to win it's a team sport not shoot not try and score I don't know yet Kevin Porter Jr. who threw soup at someone is like your co-star and no shade Kevin Porter Jr. I like Kevin Porter like I don't even know what this team is right now you got Elprin Shangun another rookie Usman Garuba I think another and like like, John Wall is just sitting there somewhere. I don't even know where he is. They don't even want to play him. They don't even want to win. So what are we talking about? The establishment doesn't want the Houston Rockets to win. So why are we blaming Jalen Green for not putting the roster in a situation where they could have made a trade or play? I don't know. Just play John Wall. Just play him. I don't know. Not everybody wins the right way, I guess. Jordan finished seventh place. Six games under 500 his rookie year. Not a winning player. Braun was 12 games under 500 his first year. Not a winning player, I guess. Garnett, 30 games under 500 when he first played. Dirk Nowitzki debuted on a team with a 380 winning percentage. Philadelphia, 22 and 60 when AI won Rookie of the Year. Ben S- Bill Simmons, please, please, just, you know all this. You're a historian. You know all this. I just think he has something against him. I think you know the answer to whether their stats were meaningless on those teams. I think you know. To be fair, I would imagine that Bill Simmons would argue AI was not a winning player for the same reason that he argues that Jalen Green's not a winning player. So here's the thing. Everybody's free of their own opinion. Like I said, I love Herb Jones. I don't disagree with him being on the first team. All rookie. Dude's a bucket. And he can block. He impacts a team a lot. But like, You can do that, again, without slandering Jalen Green. Unless, of course, Draymond is right and it is personal for Bill Simmons and he has some vendetta against Jalen Green. I get the feeling, though, this does not go away anytime soon. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. Follow the Heat Check to help you prepare and enjoy the playoffs. Do not forget to download, subscribe, please tell your friends. And follow us on social at This Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok know, and Twitter. I know. I know. I know. I know.